The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite esports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. I am Walter Cades Fedchuk, and joining me on the other line, my good friend Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. We are here doing our team by team world's preview to get all of you fine people at home ready for the 2016 League of Legends World Championship. We've done six teams in three days so far. Mm-hmm. We've done all of Group A, and we've done the Flash Wolves and SK Telecom T1 from Group B. And we're just going to keep on rolling with that Group B train. But first, Chase, mm-hmm. how are you doing on this fine, fine day? I may be terrified that Kelsey Mosen and Frost Guerin are twitching at the fact that I'm going to be covering a Chinese team. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of those things where... I have so much respect for LPL experts. There are so many games that you have to follow, and their system in the LPL, dividing it into Group A and Group B, and you get to play certain teams once and other teams twice, and the tournament has this weird thing where the first round you get a free game if you were ahead, and there's a lot of stuff that you have to follow as well as all of the behind-the-scenes drama and everything else. And I appreciate Kelsey Moser for everything that she's written. I appreciate Froskiran as someone that I've talked to in the past. And I'm going to try to do them proud by giving the best analysis I can of a team that played way too many playoff games for my liking. I, it, it's, it's kind of amazing that they were a round one team, a team that finished third in what was admittedly a very difficult group and just powered their way through all the way to a regionals championship. And now they will be at Worlds in this cluster of a group that is Group B. And I'm excited to talk about them today because there's a lot of interesting things to get into about this team. I, I am not envious of your position. I was actually really <laughs> glad that, that I took Korea and you had to do China. Um, but I know you'll, you will do your hardest because I can just say from behind the scenes, literally like every 15 minutes for the last like three days has been like, I'm watching, I'm watching IMA games. I'm watching IMA games. I'm watching LPL. I'm watching EDG. Like that's, I can promise you this, this man right here. This this man above me, not me, because I'm pointing at my camera, yes. but this guy up here has watched a ton of LPL in the last, like, 72 hours. I have. So cut, and cut him a little bit of slack. You already promised every episode is going to be special and amazing, so it's not like you raised the bar too high for me, right? You well, know, well, way, to, way to temper expectations so that I can exceed with, them. Technically, with Ime, it's going to be amazing, Jay. <laughs> 
Ibe, if you guys don't understand. They, they are. He is, I should say. <laughs> and and you know what? He is the guy that we should start this conversation when we talk about Ime. He was tied for first as the summer playoffs MVP, uh, tied with his mid laner, Athena. I should say the starting mid laner. There is an alternate mid laner that's worth talking about later. But Amazing J is one of those guys that really defines the success of this team. When they get him resources and he gets ahead in lane, games can be over in a snap. I mean, he can just take games over, demand so many resources from the enemy team just to deal with him and his strong laning presence. And suddenly it allows the rest of his team to get away with things that they wouldn't be able to otherwise. You see a lot of attention is thrown his way. A Voidless, their jungler, is going to spend a lot of time and attention not only getting vision in that area, but trying to get him early ganks, to get him going in that regard. Uh, he likes to play a lot of things like Shen uh, that can have some nice mobility as well as carry potential. One of my favorite things about him is that he flexes the Vladimir uh, back in... Uh, 6.15 when you know Vladimir was still good and hadn't been beaten to death by the riot nerf hammer he's just a guy who's willing to play a ton of different champions and on every single one of them he finds a way to have this laning presence now does he look as good on some of these other top laners as he does on echo that comes to question uh, his shen and gangplank i thought played well but he played them against very difficult opponents so it's hard to say whether or not he's going to match up as well against some of the stronger top laners. But he's in a group in this group that where I don't see outside of impact a top laner that's really going to challenge him. And as long as they keep winning that 2v2, that should be a place where people look at and say he has the ability to go off. Much like he did in the couple games that EDG played him back at Worlds last year. And let's not forget... This is EDG's former sister team. This is not some team that's been formed out of nowhere. These are guys that have been trained up for a while, that have uh, had a coaching staff that is very professional, looking out over them. They're going to be prepared for this. They know how to execute the system, and the system starts by roaming up with their mid laners and using their jungler to get Amazing J as the core of their attack. So you you say mid laners now yes. in in my research my my very limited research of IMA I'll I'll be honest mm -hmm. uh, I I paid mostly the attention to Athena because I recognize him from his uh, from his ever days from when he was in, uh, in over in Korea and it, he had that very similar he had a very high esque play style to me yes. where it wasn't about winning his lane he wasn't the most mechanically perfect mid laner he was very much about getting into his side lanes getting into his jungle you know helping out everyone else succeed mm -hmm. warding you know all of these types of things so when you look at these two mid laners in athena and 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 Baymi, mm -hmm. i think is how you pronounce his name you're good uh, okay so Baymi. What is what is the difference between the two of them? Why why bounce back and forth between these two mid laners? Is this some sort of you know faker or easy hoon type situation? Or, or give me the scoop here. Well, the idea behind it is that Baymi is a guy that actually plays a lot of the champions that we're expecting to be popular, roaming mid laners. His most played champion in the summer split was Twisted Fate. 
Uh, he played Aurelian Soul in the summer playoffs. That was his best game by far. He just tends to leave lane a lot more often than Athena does. Athena is one of those very strict laning guys. He likes to spend the first 20 minutes farming up. They had a great graphic in one of the playoff games where they had a heat map of where Vladimir had been, and he had not left the mid lane in <laughs> 20 minutes. It was just a bright red stretch, and then a little bit of him going to and from base. Like, that was it. I mean, so, the, the guy is very much a more traditional, you know, he loves the Malzahar, played a great Lissander, played a great Vladimir. If he does have to play a roaming mid laner, he'll play something like a Kassanen because, again, he likes to have the ability to, you know, farm up and scale. Those are the kinds of things that he likes to do. But depending on how quick the meta gets, and that's something that, you know, we could point to solo queue and say, oh, well, we're seeing all these roaming mid laners. Talia is definitely rising in popularity, though, for the record, Athena has played Talia in competitive play. He won the one game he played on her, so he maybe is able to keep up with these meta shifts. But that's been who Bami is basically his whole career. Uh, He loves things like LeBlanc. He loves things like Rise. He even loves things like Zillion, where he can use the speed ups and try to <laughs> resurrect a Voidless who gets caught out in the middle of the jungle <sighs> again because he has some significant problems with his pathing, mostly in that he is so predictable that it hurts. I am a silver level player. I am not a good League of Legends player. I could tell you what a Voidless was going to do and where he was going to be on the map for the first 15 minutes. Every single <laughs> game. He doesn't vary it up. He doesn't alter based on what the enemy is doing. If he's down two kills and he should really stop trying to get deep wards, oh well, we're going to do it anyway because I'm a voidless mm. and I am a robot who operates in that regard. So mm. knowing that, you have to look at it and say, okay, well, either Avoidless is going to team up with Amazing J and we're going to get those great leads that we were talking about because Amazing J does well on things like Echo, things where he can carry, get a couple kills, snowball the lane, and Avoidless focusing that way is great. Or we're going to say Avoidless is being taken advantage of by guys like Coma and Reaper and Warhorse, all these great coaches who I guarantee you have noticed, if I'm noticing how regular his jungle pathing is and how he's in the same place at the same time almost every game, depending on the champion, they've noticed. And if they've noticed, then suddenly I may have to take a look at Bami and say, Bami can be an X factor. He can make the roams. He can be the one to get Amazing J ahead. He can be the one to try to prevent the bot lane from imploding in on itself, which is the other thing that we need to get to about this team that I have been trying to avoid because I like to start happy and then kind of let the, the hype falter down because <laughs> I am, have a terrible idea of how a curve of a podcast should go. <laughs> but that's really where we are with this team. I, I think that Bami will get play. I don't know how much, but I think there are champions like Aurelian Soul that he just does better than Athena. This roaming style, if that's the case, Bami's going to see play, especially if Avoidless struggles. Uh, expect it to come out either... Uh, as a particular counter to certain opponents, like when they play up against a mid laner like Maple, or if they've lost a couple games uh, and they need to recover, I could see them making that switch immediately. But to be clear, 
Athena's awesome. He went 8-2 in the playoffs. He was tied for first with Amazing J for MVP of the playoffs. He does very well at what he does. It's just that what he does may not be where the game is going moving forward. It's going to be very interesting to see how China adapts to this meta and what that means for Athena slash Bami. So, so you've given me the good and the bad, which are mostly centered around the, the top half of the map. I know nothing about this bottom lane. So, so give me, give me, give me a little bit of the skinny here. Is it, is this the ugly part of the good, bad, or the ugly? Is this more bad? Is this more good? Is this more like meh? Like I, what, what about this bottom lane? Because I, like I said, I know very little about Ime, and you basically just told me the one thing I sort of knew about one of the players was absolutely wrong now. So, so tell me about, uh, tell me about Jinjiao and and, and Road. See, this says so much about my opinion of this bot lane that when you said, what about their bot lane? My immediate response was to say, what about that bot lane? <laughs> like, wh- why are we talking about this? I, I mean, look. Because, I, again, the bot lane absolutely matters. It's a, it's a five-player game, and when you look at some of the 80 carries he's going to go up against, Sneaky and Bang are going to be terrifying. I, I would say Jin Zhao is actually rather skilled. Um, I love his Jin. His Jin, uh, it was 5-0 and during the summer playoffs. He took one loss in the regional finals, but he's very good on it. His Sivir is incredibly consistent. He actually still brings out the Kogma, which is quite nice. That was something I didn't see a lot of teams doing that he was able to do and do consistently well, uh, even in the laning phase where you would think Kogma would struggle. He even has a win on Twitch. How could you not like this guy? And the answer is because his support is road. And Road is the kind of support that gives me PTSD when I'm watching VODs. Because the guy either has some amazing laning performance where he, you know, uses like some trundle pillars or whatever else and just gets this insane uh, number of assists and even steals a couple kills along the way, or he's 0-4 and 1 at 20 minutes. Like that's just, there's no middle ground. And in the playoffs especially, I think Chinese teams have started to figure this out. Even in games they won, Road looked like a mess. He's constantly out of position. He's constantly in the wrong place at the wrong time when trying to ward, when trying to do team fights. I will see him die before team fights have even started because he's just on the wrong side of a wall and the enemy team just nukes him and then the rest of his team has to make up for it. And sometimes, for the record, they do because Amazing J and whichever midlander they throw out there and even Jin Zhao, you know, Jin Zhao is almost accepted. Like, look, I cannot count on Road. I cannot trust him to set up things for me. So let me play on this Jin. Let me avoid the super long range ult and just enjoy that and call it a day because then I don't have to worry about the fact that he will never get his Braum shield up when we need it to, that his stand behind me's will always be a second too late. I just, there is not a single player that I have watched throughout the VODs that I've done so far that has been more infuriating to me than Rode because the guy just nine times out of 10 just does not look like he belongs on a world's roster that is not a wildcard region. And then he'll have this amazing game out of nowhere, and I'll just throw my hands up in the air and say, well, screw it. I don't know. I have no idea. I I don't understand how Chinese bot lanes work. I don't get it. You're making me question everything I understand. 
But at the end of the day, I think that that is the weakness more than Avoidless's jungle pathing. Because at least with Avoidless, there is a method to the madness. There's a reason he's doing it the way it is. It's just that that makes him predictable. Predictable doesn't necessarily kill you if as long as what is predictable is still intelligent. Rode does not strike me as an intelligent player. He does not strike me as someone with a great grasp of game sense. He does not strike me as a mechanically gifted initiator uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, outside of a couple well-timed Bromolts, he's a guy that disappears more often than not. And that's not to say that he can't turn things around or that he hasn't had good games. I have seen good games from Road. I've just seen way more bad ones, especially when you start putting them against a higher level of competition. The better the opponent, the worse he has looked. And again, we've got three smart coaches in this group who are going to have recognized that as well. And I have a feeling people are going to be attacking that bot lane early and often because the early game is where Road looks the absolute worst. And you just get your bot lane going with a couple early kills and it's very hard to come back for that, no matter how good Jin Zhao might be as a purely mechanical AD carry. So basically, we got the ugly here, is what you're telling me. So I may, I, I want to give you... I'm, I'm going to put piece. it, I'll put it in a way that TSM fans understand, and uh, fanatic fans of this split. Road is the yellow star of China. In that, every once in a while, he looks like a player that we should care about. But more often than not, he's costing his team games or fights that were otherwise winnable. While the team overall is still good enough that you try to pretend that it's not as bad as it is. That was my feeling on Road after watching way too many VODs of him over wow. the last few days. Then, then, then this piece of advice is, is really going to help them out. So I may, this is from a motorcycle enthusiast friend of mine. Make sure you're wearing your jumpsuit because you want to dress for the slide, not the ride, and Road Burn really hurts. <laughs> That's fair. I don't. I wish there were more biker skins for support players. Now I really feel like there's some branding. Vandal Brand. That he's doing. Vandal. Yeah. Vandal Brand. There you go. He needs. He just needs to play Brand. We'll just there's cross our fingers part. that Aldous Knox Luna somehow made it to a Korean boot camp, <laughs> and that I may said yes. You. You are the team we want to learn from. Licorice, teach me your ways. I. I mean, look. I. I, I think that with I may at the end of the day, this is a team with strengths that are very clearly defined and if they play to their strengths they can be a scary team uh like the the rams always are every year They're, they could be spooky that's the word people like to use <laughs> they linger in the background like the, at any given day like they could beat any of the teams in this group i believe they could take a game off of sk telecom if all of them are playing on point if you have a good road game and avoidless gets amazing jay a couple kills early on to duke like they can absolutely do that they could also leave this group 0-6. That is absolutely in play because the weaknesses are very much there. And it's hard to undo the problems that they have. You know, some issues can be coached through. You can coach SK Telecom to attack the game in a different style. You can coach Flash Wolves into doing a better job of hiding some of these AD carry bot lane weaknesses and allowing the strengths to do their thing, which they've already even started doing, I would say. You can't teach Road to be a better support in this short a period of time. And I don't know if it's a mental thing or if it's 
an attitude thing or, or whatever else because you wouldn't spend an import slot on him if you didn't think he was good enough. But he needs to get his act together. They're going to have to make sure that whatever mid laner they do end up using, it's the right mid laner at the right time for the right matchup. And that's going to come down to how ready is Aimei for this tournament? And if we go as last year as an example, Chinese teams really struggled to properly prepare for Worlds. Did they learn a lesson from that? Aimei is going to be a great test of that. Because if Aimei does learn, then they could be a spooky, scary team that could make it out of this group. And if not, it could be a mess. That's why I have them right now at 25% to get out of the group. I think that they have a chance. I think it's absolutely in play. I just think that compared to the other two teams that we think might sneak out with SK Telecom, I think they have the most obvious weaknesses that can be exploited by the teams that they happen to be going up against. Totally fair. So for you, those of you at home, here's your spark notes. Amazing Jay is awesome. Avoidless is a robot. Athena is a tree. Road, make sure you wear a helmet. And apparently Kesman is the Chinese Jeff Fisher. Look, here's what you need there to understand. Go. He's called Road because the enemy bot lane just walks all over him. That's all you need to understand. If you're going to take anything away from the bot lane, that's, that's what you need to know. His um, name should be Sidewalk then. <laughs> That's fair. We, we'll talk about a name change later. God knows Chinese players change their names all the time. We can work on that. But I think I think that that's uh, – look, I may believe in this team depending on how their first week goes. I may not believe in this team. But I guarantee I will be talking about them over the next couple of weeks because I think they will be one of the more fascinating teams to watch as a test study of how a team that – has only played in the LPL for one split. Remember, they automatically qualified for summer. This is China's version of the origin story. And if they can repeat origin success, how amazing would that be? Isn't that the narrative we want to believe in? I think that's that's the hashtag the dream. Even so if- next summer they're going to be in relegation. I got it. Nice. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. We should wrap this up. <laughs> I'm not going to top that, so we got to just move on now. I'm about to. So, folks, I hope you enjoyed this walk down this lonesome road. It's the only road I've ever known. <laughs> if you've enjoyed the podcast. <laughs> yep, I pulled a Green Day reference out of the hat. That is what you get from here. You get Jeff Fisher and Green Day. So if you've enjoyed those awkward references that maybe like 20 of you actually understand, you can go watch the rest of the videos that we've done and stick around this channel and our SoundCloud channel in case you're an audiophile and you know want to listen to it while you're on the bus or I don't know at a wedding or something. Like I don't I don't know when other people listen to podcasts. I it, it's usually Do you have a habit of listening to podcasts at weddings, Walter? I feel like that's oh, the bigger watch, story here. Well, I watch football games at weddings on my phone. You get uh, okay. NFL. That's that's reasonable. I think our I think it's our our uh, our podcast is uh, hiding a iPod earphone up to your ear during the wedding material. I believe in that. <laughs> I absolutely believe it. So when you're at that wedding, ignoring your like third cousin's second husband or whatever, <laughs> uh, you know, subscribe to us here on YouTube. You can just look up Rough Drafts Podcast, 
or on SoundCloud, look up Esports Rough Drafts, or on iTunes, Esports Rough Drafts. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter. It's Rough Drafts Pod. And you can follow myself and Chase. I am at C80s underscore LOL. Chase, if you may. Uh, I am at Redshirt King. I look forward to all of you Chinese experts explaining to me how I got everything wrong. Uh, please do let me know because I'd love to be, you know, I want to learn more about the region. I hope that I did it justice. And at the very least, I am so excited to see whether uh, China can outdo what they did last year. But you know what, Walter? I think that we have to talk about a North American team that wants to stand in the way of both of my Eastern hopes and dreams here, don't we? Just wake me when September ends. <laughs>